Genre. And welcome to the protagonist podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're discussing the Scooby Gang from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Joining me for the discussion is producer Andrew. Hello. Andrew, for me, Scooby-Doo is just part of pop culture, inescapable, has always been there. Is that your experience? Yeah, totally ubiquitous. <laughs> that is a, a great way to say it. Um, this is a phenomenally popular long-running franchise for Hanna-Barbera and uh, Warner Brothers, which bought the Hanna-Barbera company. Um, we are going to be specifically talking about A Night of Fright is No Delight, which first aired in Jan- on January 10th, 1970. And it was written by Ken Spears, Joe Ruby, and Bill Lutz, and directed by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. We're also discussing Jeepers, It's the Creeper, which first aired on October 10th, 1970. It was written by Lars Bourne, Tom Deganis, and Bill Lutz, and directed by Hanna and Barbera as well. Um, so quite a few animation legends uh, in the <laughs> the history of Scooby-Doo. So you got, mm-hmm. it was created by... Uh, Ken Spears and, and Joe Ruby, who are actually going to go on to create their own animation production company called Ruby Spears. And they're doing this for Hannah and Barbara, um, who are hugely influential and important figures in animation history. And yet, when you look at like the whole output from those companies, I'd say there are the, the percentage of characters that are still relevant in popular culture today is not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and but- yet, Scooby Doo has endured not only as like an icon for the original series from 1969, Scooby-Doo, where are you? But constantly new versions are happening with Scooby-Doo. Well, and, and like when you say characters aren't relevant, they're still known, right? The characters. Yes. And no, they're like, there's different tiers. (laughs) So yeah, but there's, there's a lot of characters where it's like, no, people know what you're talking about. If you reference these characters, even if they've never seen the show or watched an episode or there hasn't been anything produced with them yeah, for quite yeah a long but time. The, so, so like the jetsons and flintstones i think would be in that tier mm-hmm. of like people like there's still known references you can make uh to those but then there are also like speed buggy <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe maybe not, not uh on there or even like a snaggletooth like um there was a recent uh comic book series that reimagined snaggletooth mm-hmm. as a, a gay playwright in the 1950s being imagined by it being investigated by huack um you know as you would expect to do if someone was making a snaggletooth um <laughs> comic book series based well, on but this they had also done a done a flintstones yeah that was a very you know, topical uh thing um but i mentioned that offhand to um someone who i i know is extremely knowledgeable about pop culture and they're like wait who's snaggle uh, snaggle snaggletooth <laughs> or no it's snaggle plus is the name of the yeah. character right snaggle plus. yeah and they, they were so. like Who's who's Snacklepuss? Uh, and so, is like, the, there's none of the cultural the, cachet for. Is it? Is he a Pink Panther? He is a pink. Well, I don't know what he technically is. I read that comic book series and I can't remember. But, what but I, I think he's a Pink Panther. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, see. maybe some some sort of. He's a big. He's cat. a pink cat. Uh, a, a, a big cat. It know. says a a uh, officially a light purple anthropomorphic cougar. Sporting an okay. upturned collar, shirt cuffs, and a bow tie, <laughs> but no shirt and no pants, just mm-hmm. the cuffs and the collar, <laughs> Chippendale style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, so, like, there, there's lots of different tiers, I would say, of like the Hanna Bar- Barbera creations. Um, so, like, maybe Huckleberry Hound and Johnny Quest. Like, oh, I kind of like know who those are, but then like the Smurfs, that's coming from the Hanna Barbera production studios. Okay. Uh, that's still like a pretty well-known franchise. Um, and yet Scooby-Doo, I think is one of the most enduring in, t- in terms of like constantly in production, constantly putting new material out there and constantly mm-hmm. being known to younger audiences and not just the nostalgia of a parent saying, Oh, I remember watching that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some trivia. Let's, let's gamify some of this trivia. Okay. Hanna-Barbera had a number of shows on television in the mid to late sixties, and they decided to cancel many of them. And Scooby-Doo was part of this effort to rebrand Hanna-Barbera. Why did they have to cancel so many of their shows? Do you have any idea? In the mid to late sixties. 
Yeah. Mid to late 60s. Like, like a it, lot of these shows that they canceled were, had been running for a few years in the late 60s. Okay. Would it make sense from a cultural standpoint in the mid to late 60s? Uh, is, there, is there relevance there? I, I, it's something that you you wouldn't be surprised to see in any era, I think, specifically, is what, <laughs> what I can safely say with this. Um, Can you tell me what any of the shows were? Space Ghost uh the oh what was it i had it in my head in my head now i now i gotta go find it again it's it's one of those that's like a portmanteau of words and now i can't remember um <laughs> let's see um, let's see space ghost canceled uh, in the 60s oh uh let's see birdman and the galaxy trio the herculoids that's the one i was trying to remember hmm um was it something to do with the space race no, it was actually pressure from parents groups because they felt these shows were too violent. Last time, parents groups are going to be protesting entertainment. Um, I was I was going to say one of the last times that they successfully get something canceled for it. <laughs> yes, a lot of times they just end up drawing attention. Yeah, but the, yeah. So the, Hanna Barbera actually still like, protest <laughs> dropped quite a few uh, shows from the slate because of pressure from parents groups that said their their animation was too violent and Scooby Doo was part of a wave of shows attempting to pivot and make things that would be more palatable and acceptable um, to to parents in particular. Now, mm-hmm. it leans into horror tropes, but it always in a very safe way. Uh, and mm-hmm. always with the reveal that there isn't actually any supernatural danger here, uh, which is, uh, I think, both one reason why it's so popular and enduring, but also why parents just kind of uh, didn't didn't mind too much that it was a, essentially a ghost show for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. There is... Uh, just talking about Scooby-Doo, <laughs> yeah, the, the franchise for now. Okay. Um, how many different television series do you think Scooby-Doo has appeared in? Like as like that are Scooby-Doo TV shows, not like he's just showing up in, uh, All right. in a random because he has shown right. up randomly in a lot of other Hanna-Barbera things. Okay. But, um, I'm going to rattle off some some names, okay. right, to to try and help me estimate. Right. So there's there's Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Mm-hmm. There's what's new Scooby-Doo. There's mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy 2. Um, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. Are you kidding me? Because I've lost track. Uh, I'm at four. Uh, okay. A pup named Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's not, I want to say there was something, it was like Scooby-Doo 2000, and I don't think that's true, but <laughs> it's the kind of branding that yeah. we're dealing with. Um, I'm going to say, I'm I'm going with nine. Okay. There have been uh, 15 different ongoing Whoa. series. With Scooby-Doo. I, I wonder least, if some of those are kind of like soft reboots. And so it's not totally clear when one series mm-hmm. ended and a new series started. Yes. Because um, if there's no obvious format change or um, or visual change, then it's going to be tough, right? Like Scooby-Doo, where are you? And a pup named Scooby-Doo do not look the same, but they've still got right. the gang. Yeah. Um, and eat since the 1960s when Scooby-Doo, where are you first aired? There has been a new version of Scooby-Doo in every decade, uh, okay. at least for part of the decade. Like the the one that it almost missed was the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pup Named Scooby-Doo did air into 91, though. But then there was nothing new until 2002 with What's New Scooby-Doo. Okay. Uh, so there's that that kind of fallow period in the 90s, but it still had new But they had movies of, coming out. Not until the very late 90s. Uh, but yeah, but this is just the TV shows. But mm-hmm. for ongoing TV shows, there have been... 15 different series that I, that, that, and some of these can get a little like blurred like like yeah you know uh, like are some of them like mini series well it's like uh d- so there's scooby-doo and scrappy-doo then scooby-doo scrappy-doo uh scooby-doo and scrappy-doo the richie rich scooby show scooby-doo and scrappy-doo the scooby scrappy puppy a half hour like those are all yeah, yeah some feels... people count those as all one some say yeah. that's actually two and some people say that's three different things you know so it can definitely get a little little weird mm-hmm. gotcha with that um what about okay um the you, you mentioned the made for tv movies right or, or no uh, let's well, do the I, DVD. I remember them on vhs yes so there was the the made uh for video release the vhs slash straight to dvd movies how many of those do you think have been made um 20 sounds like too many uh so i'm gonna go 17 okay 20 was not too many oh 37. Okay. Oh, 30, 37. Yes. That's so many. And I only know a handful of them. Yeah. 
legitimately, I was like, there's the witch's ghost. There's the one where they're with kiss. Um, uh-huh. There's the, the first one in the bayou. And I can't even remember what that one's called. Is it just the uh, Scooby-Doo uh, movie? Zombie Island, I believe. Zombie Island. Oh. Yeah. Um, is this counting the live action ones? Uh, no, that those are separate because there's live action made for TV movies and animated and, and, for TV movies that are different from these video release. Movies. And then there's the live action theatrical movies, mm-hmm. which I think is just two. Yeah. Uh, um, there, yes, there are two live action theatrical movies, one animated theatrical movie, but it was not able to be released in theaters because of COVID. That was Scoob. Oh, that was Scoob. Mm-hmm. And then this the Scoob sequel, which will also not be released <laughs> despite yes. being done done uh, except for uh some final uh edits the oh my, my goodness the new hbo owners Ugh. what what in the world yeah <laughs> uh, um let's see uh there was one scooby-doo puppet film scooby-doo and the mystery map uh done with like muppetry kind of okay. style of puppets okay um let's see i'm trying to find the list of all the the animated movies there was uh, there's one with a computer monster yeah. And and the movies typically had an actual monster. Mm-hmm. Um, there might have been somebody behind it, but but there's real supernatural stuff. Okay. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, Scooby-Doo and the Other Invaders, Cyber Chase. Uh, Cyber Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I did not like the alien one. Legend of the Vampire, Monster of Mexico, uh, Haunted Hollywood, WWE. There are a few WWE ones. There's one Food Network <laughs> crossover one. Now the the Scooby Doo and Batman the, is that movie or TV? Uh, the uh, I think that was crossover episodes of the Batman uh, Brave and the Bold, Brave and the Brave and the Bold. But there was in the old Scooby Doo, uh, what's it called? The Scooby Doo Movie Hour, where he would team up with like pop culture icons from the seventies. Um, mm-hmm. That is, um where they had the uh the original scooby-doo meets batman like two episodes right and then there was also like scooby-doo meets the adams family in those and but then also scooby-doo meets some random like celebrities that have no cultural cachet now did, <laughs> did scooby-doo meet the beatles no uh they were I, i'm sure too big <laughs> to be uh involved uh well also broken up by this point mm. uh you know by by the time scooby-doo was happening um Let's see. Yeah, that's the new Scooby-Doo movies, I think, is when they were doing those. Yeah, like Don Knotts. They came up with Don Knotts and the Three Stooges. Uh, uh, Sandy Duncan is a celebrity. Cass Elliot. <laughs> I don't recognize those names. Harlem Globetrotters. Josie and the Pussycats. Okay, those those track. Speed Buggy. Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Um, comic books. How many different Scooby-Doo comic book series do you think have been done? Uh, series. Are we are we ever increasing in the number that no, I need this, to be guessing? No. <laughs> so it's not 45. No, it, it's, it's 15 different series, but OK, largely ongoing since the 70s. Something Scooby-Doo has been being published in comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of those 15 series have over 100 issues oh, uh, that were done. That's quite a bit of comic books. Okay, this one, there's no way you can possibly guess this. How many video games have been done for Scooby-Doo? Like, this is just a shot in the dark. <laughs> official Scooby-Doo video games for consoles, not like a uh, little web, uh, you know. Apps. Oh, for, okay. Official for consoles, uh, 17. 20, you were very close. Oh, <laughs> I was close to that time. Scooby-Doo stage shows. Ooh, uh, nine? Six. Also pretty close. You're doing pretty good on this. Okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> narrowing, I'm, I'm honing in. <laughs> Yeah, um, let's see. And you, I, I think that's most of the stuff that I had here for trivia about Scooby-Doo in production. Uh, we mentioned two live action made for TV movies, one live action uh, or one animated or no, uh, several animated made for TV movies. And those get a little like murky as like, is this a special? Is this a movie? It depends on mm. the labeling mm-hmm. of the time. But basically, since the 1970s, Scooby-Doo has constantly been going in entertainment. And this is not even touching on the you know the children's books the golden books the coloring books you know that have yeah, been done. the 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 franchise juggernaut yes the the the, the stuffed animals and the toys um the uh, scooby lego sets uh, was... i i know that we had uh so this is going to include the uh the cake tins 
Right, the Scooby-Doo-shaped cake tin. Oh, we did have one, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we got it for you because Scooby-Doo was, was your thing more than anyone else's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I still respect Scooby-Doo to this day. Um, um, his participation in the Laugh Olympics. Yeah, Scooby-Doo and the Laugh Olympics was uh, kind of like the Battle of the Network Stars, but for Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would uh, bring in a whole bunch of the the different entities in, uh, in, in kind of like what we associate with uh, the MCU now. Uh, everyone coming together <laughs> for, for a big crossover. <laughs> sure. Yo- Yogi Bear and... Uh, I don't think the Flintstones and the Jetsons were were in the Laugh Olympics, but I think like Yogi was and, and the Snagglepuss and um, and and Speed Buggy. The, and... the teams were the Scooby Doobies, the Yogi Yahooies, and the Really Rottens, and all the bad guys were on the Really Rottens, and they cheated all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it always looked like and they were going to win. And they still then lost. The refs, then the refs went to video review well before the NFL would ever go to video <laughs> replay. Uh, the the Laugh Olympics officials were were looking at the Really Rottens and catching them cheating. Yep. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Is there any other trivia? Oh, uh, the cast of Scooby-Doo. This is this is one that I definitely wanted to to touch on. Um, I think we all know the original voice of Shaggy. Andrew, it was Casey Kasem. Yes. Do you know how long he voiced Shaggy for? We've just said uh, a- Scooby-Doo has been doing something every decade since the 60s. I think he did it till till like the 2000s, till what's new Scooby-Doo, right? Uh, it says until 1997, which would be like some of those early DVD films, I think. But then what's new Scooby-Doo is um, going to be the... Uh, so, so he did it for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you know the voice of Scooby-Doo? I, I would assume... I know, I know Frank Welker is the voice of Fred and Frank Welker is well known for doing animal sounds. So I assume that Frank Welker <laughs> is Scooby. No, it was uh, Don Messick. Another Which, famous voice uh, in, in animation in the, in the 60s, 70s era. But, but Frank Welker's done so many animal voices. Yes. <laughs> and Frank Welker is the voice of Fred, as you noted. Um, he is, let me just run through. Like this um, is maybe the only time I've actually heard Frank Welker use his voice. Okay. Oh, well, here we go. Frank Welker took over Scooby-Doo in 2002. Ah, so Frank oh, Welker okay. now does the voice of Scooby-Doo. That's a very weird <laughs> legacy. <laughs> that for 30 years, changeover. he did not voice Scooby-Doo, but now he does. <laughs> does And I assume at this point, he's not voicing Fred in anything. Um, Let's see. He... I don't believe so, though he did do the voice of Scooby-Doo in Scoob. So he was the only original voice cast member from Scooby-Doo to appear in the Scoob movie. But not voicing his original character. But he was not character. voicing his original character. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what sure. a strange, strange thing. Uh, he was Garfield on the Garfield show. Uh, yeah, he's he's done a lot. Frank Welker um, was Garfield? Yeah. Not I had no on... idea the garfield and friends on the garfield oh. show the cgi one okay i was thinking i was thinking garfield and friends oh how, we've never done garfield on the show we should do garfield should um, we do garfield minus garfield as a as a comic book <laughs> as, as a comic we, we can talk about it whenever we, we tackle <laughs> garfield um so yeah frank welker longtime voice of fred um and uh then daphne blake do you know the that she's had no, the most change up actually. I, I, I don't know Daphne no. or Velma. Okay. Very well. Stefaniana Christofferson was the original voice of Daphne, but only for season one of Scooby-Doo. Where are you in season two? Heather North uh, took over and was the voice until the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two episodes of Scooby-Doo. Where are you? And there were two different Daphne's. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to bring this up. Um, I would not have been able to tell you cause I'm not sure if she had three lines between these two episodes. Yeah, no, no, she was basically absent and I did not I was not dedicating 100 percent of attention to my viewing of these two episodes. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 80 80 to 90 percent. But I was thinking about it today. I was like, did Daphne have lines? She must have had lines, but I can't remember any of them. And I think they did a better job uh, in later series of developing her character and, you know, like turning her into Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, you know, with the movie and everything's like, oh, OK, Daphne, Daphne's competent and, and can fight. Great. We've yeah. got this. Now she has a character. Whereas in these two, I was like, I mean, I guess she's Definitely here. In, but... the, uh, in the early 2000s, what's new Scooby-Doo, which is like the 
I think the best like successor to this, like Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. Mystery Incorporated has a lot of fans, but it's also a very different animation style and tonally very different than uh, Scooby-Doo Where Are You? I think Scooby-Doo or What's New Scooby-Doo is the best like successor series, but they do a lot more with her in that. And mm-hmm. there are some episodes of this from the, even from this era that are more Daphne centric than the two and that I, we're talking about. And I think the movies, um, mm-hmm. the, the animated movies kind of stepped up their stuff for her. Cause they're like, Oh wait, we have not. I mean, like she's really absent in these two episodes in particular. I was like, I mean, and that's these are not like the most rounded episodes mm-hmm. overall, but you kind of get like the classic stuff. You want you know, everything with, like the, the chase like, sequence and the traps. Of- and yeah. And it's like, okay, so like Fred's going to set up a trap and it's not going to work. And Scooby and Shaggy are going to eat stuff. And Velma's going to lose her glasses or okay. or you, have some stealing, sort of hijinks. You're and, stealing and a Daphne, whole section I have uh, for discussion about, like, what do you want in the Scooby-Doo episode, Andrew? And um, you've, like, you've hit a lot of my checklist items. I don't think any of the checklist items have a Daphne thing. Uh, uh, yeah, probably not. Except, like, the, the gang splits up and it's Fred and Daphne and Scooby and Velma. Uh, and and uh, Shaggy, uh, like, yeah, that's that's probably on the checklist. Or it's Scooby and Shaggy and Fred, Daphne and Velma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vel- Velma's the uh, the valence friend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, Velma Dinkley is voiced by Nicole Jaffe uh, in the original cast, but only until the early seventies. Then Pat Stevens takes the role for a while, and then Marla Frumpkin uh, appears, like takes over mid season in Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Hmm. And, uh, and like I think there's been more voices for Velma than any of the other characters uh, just looking at this list alright um, last two bits of trivia these two episodes that we're talking about A Night of Fright is No Delight and Jeepers is the Creeper I didn't know this when I chose them but they have two of the more recent pop culture bits of uh, you know uh, relevance for the original Scooby-Doo series okay uh, there is a State Farm commercial from uh, at this point, like six or seven years ago, that <laughs> was set in the Scooby Doo episode, and it was Jeepers is the Creeper, <laughs> and they used some of the original animation from Jeepers is the Creeper, and then insert a State Farm representative <laughs> <laughs> okay. into, into the commercial. But they include like the reveal at the end of uh, who the bad guy is <laughs> for the Creeper, uh, and then there's a Supernatural episode where the Winchester brothers get sucked into the Scooby Doo episode, right? I've never seen that episode of Supernatural, but they get sucked into it's a night of fright uh, or a night of fright is no delight. <laughs> I did not know that I was choosing two episodes. I really just like uh, looked at some lists of like fan favorite episodes from Scooby-Doo. Where are you? And mm. these two were listed several times. I'm like, ah, we'll just do those two. And I kind of knew uh, a night of fright is no delight had the classic stay in a haunted house for 24 hours. Challenge right. Aspect, right. Which is going to be worth talking in and of itself. I tried to do some research into like where this trope started. I could not find it. It is all over like TV tropes. TV tropes has a lot of, <laughs> of, of like stay, stay, stay in the creepy house. Yeah. Including um, the Flintstones did this exact same plot in 1964. I think it was <laughs> so, like five years earlier. <laughs> I'm assuming that in the Flintstones, it didn't end with a million dollars in Confederate cash. No, it ended with the person who had given them challenge was doing a prank. So Fred didn't actually inherit anything. <laughs> Um, but can I, because you also like in the TV tropes, I made a note that, uh, a lot of shows that do the stay in a haunted house, uh, for the life changing sum of money, uh, they have have to to cop out. They have to do the reset at the end. And the example they gave is you're winning Confederate money, which is the (laughs) Scooby-Doo, which we're going to see just to, just out of curiosity, Kester and I did double check and I guarantee you that that Confederate money is worth more than a million dollars. A million dollars in Confederate bills is worth more than a million dollars right well, now. Uh, I think it would have a collector's value um, depending on who <laughs> and why yes. you're, you're selling it. <laughs> yes. But, but if you are, you know, trying to get money out of that, you would have no problem getting a million dollars out of it. I don't know. That would be more than a million dollars. I think you would definitely find money on the collector's market, but like flooding. Flooding the collector's market of Confederate money with a million bills at once may depress. Well, I assume that they're not. I don't think it was a million one dollar bills. I assume they were like hundreds and five hundreds. I think you're going to depress the market if um, you're flooding it all of a sudden with that much. Perhaps a little bit. But Kestra checked and and it seemed that various bills were very likely to go for, um, in many cases, a few hundred dollars. Oh, okay. And so so if you have a five hundred dollar bill, I would not be surprised if if you manage to collect. Um a relative sum yeah yeah it's definitely not worthless the way they make it out to be at the end of yes episode. which it, it's, it's pretty funny how they do it. it's like oh it's, it's confederate money 
This is worthless. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess they, the they weren't doing Antiques Roadshow back then. No, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> before we move on to the summary of uh, these episodes, we want to thank you for supporting us listeners. Uh, and we especially want to thank any of you who support us on Patreon. If you'd like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least $8 per month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we talk about the media that we've been consuming that we are not yet covering as full episodes of the podcast and all patrons who support us with $5 per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss. On to these episodes. A Night of Fright is no delight. Scooby has been named an heir in Colonel Beauregard Sanders' will. Yes, you heard that right. He and the gang, uh, he saved Colonel Beauregard from a fishing drowning. (laughs) Is why Scooby's an heir, if you're wondering. Um, Scooby and the gang go to a spooky mansion where a lawyer, Cosgard Creeps, welcomes them and introduces them to the other heirs. Cousin Slicker, Cousin Simple, Nephew Norble, and Cousin Maldehyde. Now, I was watching this with my eight-year-old and 10-year-old in this particular episode. And um, when the lawyer introduced himself as Cosgood Creeps, he goes, he's the bad guy. (laughs) He's named Creeps. But then he saw Cousin Slicker, Cousin Profile, Nephew Norval, and Cousin Maldehyde. He's like, oh, they could all be bad guys. (laughs) Uh, So Creeps reveals that his only instructions were to play a record on an old phonograph, the message from Beauregard Sanders in like, classic southern drawl says that each of the heirs will split his inheritance but they must spend the night in this haunted mansion anyone who leaves loses all of their inheritance and those who remain will split that money equally everyone plans to stay the whole night when scooby is taking a bath a phantom shadow that is the name of the ghost in this episode the phantom shadow uh, causes the bathtub to disappear behind a trapdoor and slide down a coal chute to a cellar. The phantom shadow shakes some chains and laughs, scaring Scooby. He tries to tell the gang what happened, but there's no evidence uh, from the bath in the bathroom of any foul play. We then see the phantom shadow enter cousin simple's room. The gang hears something and goes to check in the room and finds cousin simple has gone. Can uh, I, can I point out at this yeah. point, the, the gang is coming out of like multiple separate rooms. Mm-hmm. right where they've been like okay well we're all staying for moral support for scooby i guess yes we can't just leave the dog uh-huh. in the house for the night um but so scooby and shaggy and fred were in one suite and yeah. scooby went to take his bath and fred already pajamaed up got in bed and was reading uh-huh. <laughs> and then when they leave the rooms the girls are still like day day clothes mm-hmm Right, they're still dressed, but Scooby and Shaggy and Fred are like ready to go to bed. Yeah, what what were the girls doing? Uh, well, they, like, they, they, didn't time? The, they didn't pay the animators to to design to, to do it to do another profile. Yep, <laughs> we we got one set of cells for for Bell and Daphne. <laughs> um. Uh, so they go check on Cousin Simple, and he's gone, but there's a threatening message written on the mirror. Uh, while they try to set a, a trap, Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma end up falling down a drain pipe into a secret passage under the house. They find Civil War memorabilia there. I just The drain pipe was outrageous. Oh, yes. Um, Cousin Beauregard, I am glad he was leaving his money to family and not to any racist organization based on the amount of memorabilia that is present under this house. That's all I'm going to say. Including uniform. Yep, uni- uniform. Lots. Of my, one of my uh, my youngest was like, "What is that flag?" And so we had to pause and explain the Civil War <laughs> because we were watching a Scooby Doo episode. I'm like, "Oh, you haven't gotten to that part in at school yet, and we haven't talked about it much at home, I guess." <laughs> yeah, this is a, a flag that's part of the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. it, it represents an identity for a certain set of ideals. <laughs> uh, uh, while they're down in these uh, Civil War secret passages, uh, they find an elevator that's going to take them up to a secret opening in Cousin Slicker's room. Cousin Slicker is missing, too. Now, I think the elevator is a little anachronistic for the Civil War. Uh, no, I th- the elevators would have been, I mean, for a, a individual house. Um, let's see, because I've looked this up uh, because uh, let's see. Yeah, the, the elevator goes back to 1850s. So OK, could have existed, but probably would not have been in, in a private home and, and not in an old uh, estate home yeah. in the South. Yeah, <laughs> those have a, a, a slightly older mm-hmm. provenance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. Uh, so the gang go and check on everyone else, and all of the other heirs are gone. They hear organ music playing, and they find a note. They, they rush to find out what's going on. They find the organ, and there's a note that says, feed the organ. Uh, there's a trap, but then Velma figures out to play the notes F-E-E-D uh, on the organ, and then a trap door opens, dropping them into catacombs. They see coffins with the missing heirs inside of those coffins, and there's also a Scooby-shaped coffin. It sounds very creepy. It's not. It's, it's, it's also, I'm like, I don't know that that's particularly Scooby shaped. <laughs> I know it looks uh, I, weirdly shaped coffin. You see Scooby get into a couple of sarcophagi throughout the run of the show. I don't know if that's the proper, uh, I don't know the Greek mm-hmm. or Latin root of sarcophagus, but I'm going to say sarcophagi. Uh, and and the, they often do like a weird, almost uh, guitar case shape <laughs> that he has to like bend his legs to get into. And that's kind of the coffin that he has there. Um, at this point, two phantom shadows show up and chase the gang. They, the gang gets away. Fred devises a trap that does not work, but in the end, they still catch the phantoms. They pull off their masks. It was the lawyer, Cosgood creeps and his partner, Cuthbert crawls. They wanted to scare all the heirs away and keep the fortune for themselves. The other heirs really did run away. It was only wax dummies in the coffins downstairs. Uh, so, so yes, had... they did fashion like Madame Trousseau level max yes. wax dummies of other people in order to scare Scooby if he made it to the catacombs. Did we had we met uh, Mr. Crawls? No, it was mentioned at the beginning. Cosgood Creep says my uh, law partner Cuthbert Crawls can't make it tonight. OK, so so Creeps and Crawls were established mm-hmm. as as a duo. It wasn't just like we decided to put an extra character in. I don't know why they needed to. Like you could have done this exact same plot with only Cosgood. Yeah, with just creeps. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they just thought of the name Cuthbook Crawls and could not leave that alone. (laughs) Like we got to have creeps and crawls. Can't waste this. Yeah, this is gold. People are going to be talking about this in 50 years on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to put this guy in for 10 seconds at the end of the episode. (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. We're going to have a PhD talking about this at length <laughs> on a podcast on a digital what? medium for the Internet, the repository of all human knowledge. Oh, what has my life come to? <laughs> oh, it's glorious. This is where we are. This they is were predicting to- they were not predicting this in the Jetsons. <laughs> yes. So creeps and crawls wanted to scare all the heirs away and keep the fortune for themselves. Uh, oh, wait, I, I read that part already. Sorry. Uh, so Scooby inherits the fortune, but it turns out to be worthless Confederate money. No value. <laughs> there certainly would not be collectors. And there's a weird, very odd button on this episode where a bone starts floating in the air and Scooby eats it because he's not scared of that. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. They do not explain where the bone came from. <laughs> Like it is actually the most creepy supernatural part of the whole episode because there's no explanation given for this bone that does appear floating in midair. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Jeepers, it's the creeper. A monster attacks a bank guard who is driving alone along a country road. The creature only says creeper. The gang is on their way to the school's barn dance. Classic school activity. Because these when... kids are in high school, mm-hmm. which is a very <laughs> weird kind of like realization to have. It's like, oh, I kind of expect them to be like between high school and college. Yeah. Uh, they come across this accident. The guard is unconscious, but he wakes up and hands Fred a blank piece of paper and just mutters, the flame will tell the creeper. That's all he says. The gang then <laughs> takes the guard to the nearby house. It belongs to Mr. Carswell, the bank president. He explains that the creeper has been robbing his bank at night. At the barn dance, the power goes out. So everyone decides to go to the malt shop. Classic teen activity. Uh, except at- the Scooby gang who are going to stay behind to clean up. Now, as they are leaving for the malt shop, mm-hmm. we see the mystery machine and three convertibles. What school do these kids go to? <laughs> I, I It feels like they, they've got to be in, in like a uh, private school in Southern California, right? Or, or um, uh, New England. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fred gives heavy New England vibes. Yeah. Like but, these are. I will say Shaggy gives Southern California vibes. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, the power's gone out. The gang's there cleaning up. Scooby and Shaggy eat some weird food concoctions. The creeper arrives and demands the paper. I think, I'm, I'm going to point out like everything I can remember from this episode. I was watching this one a little more closely because this is one of the, my the, favorite the, the creepers, of all time. Yeah, the creeper is like a, a hardcore classic. Yeah. And great pre- a villain for for Scooby Doo. I'm pretty sure that this school buffet and, you know, this contributes to 
the theories that we're developing about where they go to school. Um, I think the school buffet at the barn dance had a bucket full of lobster tails uh, <laughs> that they cleaned up. Um, yeah, that uh, that checks out. <laughs> and don't they eat cho- uh, chocolate, chocolate dipped corn on the cob? Corn on the cob, yeah. <laughs> and I, they gather up all these paper plates. I don't know why they're on paper plates, and I don't know why there's no chaperones or adults or anything. Yeah, not not an adult to be seen. Uh, they gather up and they say, "Here, we'll take it out back and put it by that spooky scarecrow." Not a trash can or anything. Nope. We're just gonna go put it by, by, by this, this <laughs> scarecrow. And there's a chase. Did you pay attention to the song that plays during the chase scene? Uh, yes. It was it, what my friend the ostrich. Yes, it is. Uh, daydreaming. This, uh, like I said, this is a an episode of Scooby Doo. For some reason, like I saw, I swear, twenty times in my childhood, and it imprinted on me. I think um, I think you ended up with like a VHS that had this and like two other episodes. Yeah, uh, the lyrics to the song that that play during the chasing. I'm gonna give a reading here. Daydreaming, heads in the sand. Daydreaming, gee, but it's grand. I'm in love with an ostrich. That's what it was. All the neighbors complaining, you see, but she loves me. Can't help it if they don't understand it. It's fun to be in love with an ostrich. And if you haven't tried it, don't deny it, my friend, because it's so much fun to go out in the sun. Forget the rest of the world with your head in the sand. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's there's a, some repeated chorus, but then the next verse, walking down the street with my ostrich, all the people stare, mm-hmm. but I don't care what they say. She never says a word. She's an agreeable bird. She takes my worries away. So if you find someone who loves you and your friends are all complaining, they're not friends anyway. Just go out in the sun because it's so much fun. Forget the rest of the world and put your head in the sand. And then uh, the, the outro of daydreaming heads in the sand daydreaming. Gee, but it's grand repeated like 18 times. I swear <laughs> the song would not end. <laughs> and th- this episode had two chase sequences. Yeah. Yeah. But no trap. That's the difference. Uh, oh, the, like the second. That's what cha- it was. The second chase sequence is where Fred normally would have put in a trap. Well, oh. let's get back to this because we also have. Uh, all right. So are you? Are you- the creeper chase scene happens. I with just that remembered song. something about this episode. Yeah. Fred, Daphne, and Velma find a car hidden in the bushes with torn up photograph negatives on the floor. Then the gang run into a hermit. Yes. I was going to say it has the interlude with the hermit in the cave, which does not come back in any way. Nope. They run into a hermit in the cave for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they then Scoob walk across a rope to lay out the bridge so they could get inside that cave it's not relevant it's yep. it's it's the, the 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 most lackadaisical red herring yes of, of this show ever because they say <laughs> i bet he's the creeper and then he he's not relevant ever again he's never brought up andrew you can't mention red herring it's on my list of what i wanted to do episode <laughs> later you're ruining everything <laughs> but yes there is no red herring in this episode except for the hermit they run into <laughs> So Gosh. check this has it. Um, then we go back to basically pick up the chase scene where we left it off. <laughs> uh-huh. But this uh, time we do the the like cross the screen, different doorways. Oh yeah, well love it. Uh, you you gotta like do simple like use your animation cells <laughs> and reuse them and, and then reuse flip them, them over, again. Flip them over and use them again the other way. <laughs> and then uh, save them for the next episode. Yep. <laughs> Uh, in the end, the creeper's caught. His mask is pulled off. It was Mr. Carswell. Carswell had been robbing his own bank. The security guard had installed a hidden camera that ca- caught Carswell in the act. The paper the guard gave Fred was a photograph that would be activated by heat, as all photographs are. Definitely. That revealed Carswell's, Carswell stealing from the bank. Uh, the other note from this episode, there is a random bit where a bunch of baby chicks imprint on Scooby-Doo as their mother and follow him around. And bark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. That's the end of our, our episode summaries, Andrew. I don't mm-hmm. think we need to spend much time digging into the themes of Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> there is some, I think there is something actually that is relevant in the idea that uh, teaching kids that what you're scared of may have a logical explanation, <laughs> like over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, very often, uh, the villains that are manipulating things for their own ends are uh, greedy old men trying to cling to wealth. <laughs> Yes, I was gonna say, like, it's usually greed based. And in many cases, it's like just straight up money. It's not even like a land grab. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's a land grab. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, it's it's mostly old white men. 
who are greedy. Uh, I mean, okay, uh, some of that is the 1960s animation. Everyone on the show was white. <laughs> it's true. Uh, um, but it is often the older generation clinging to the traditional power structures <laughs> is the cause of disruption for these youth. Mm-hmm. So the bank manager, mm-hmm. he already had a mansion. Yes. How much more money did he need to steal by robbing his own bank? See, you ask this, <laughs> this question. And and yet, like, have you ever seen like Ponzi schemes in the news? It's like, well, yeah, it's, well, you already had so much money. Why? <laughs> like, yes. Like, what like, were you doing with the more money? I, I, I heard it was, um, it was on a podcast this weekend. They were talking about how much actors progressively made as they played the same character throughout a franchise. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about like Daniel Craig is James Bond. Like, well, for the first film he got, he got 3 million and it's like progressively going up. And at one point, one of those like, at, at any point, if you get $20 million for this, you couldn't possibly need to ask for more the next time. 20 million is an absurd amount of money, no matter what, like, like what you cannot spend that living anything remotely like a normal lifestyle. Yeah. Like you could, you, you can just never do anything again. You don't even have to invest yeah. it. So I think about like lately there's uh, we're recording this in early October and crazy season for college football coaches. It's starting to happen where, where schools are firing oh. coaches. And I, I keep seeing like the, the payouts for firing yeah. them and everything. I, I, was like, know. I was like, this money, the money. Who? Why are these school like do the schools not have anyone negotiating the contracts on their behalf? And who, what agents are getting these contracts for these coaches where coaches are getting fired and being paid still 19 million dollars by the school? Yeah, because the contract payout, you know. Because it was like a, a four year contract and yeah, everything. And then the school's just like, yeah, we're going to fire him and we're going to pay it. It's like, but that's like you could millions of you could multiple buildings on campus. <laughs> you could scholarship a hundred <laughs> students. <laughs> yes. Um, I, and I saw someone. Uh, oh, former guest of the podcast, Ben Phillips. Uh, he, he said that he's like, my dream is to be so bad at my job that I get paid $19 million to stop doing it. <laughs> Just, I'm, just please stop. Here's nineteen million dollars. Just go. I do, ha- I, I do it for half as much. <laughs> it's like you know what? Do a job badly for that's, half as much. That's that's a that's a great offer. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'll just take half. With that nineteen million, Wisconsin. Uh, they just fired their coach, who has been very successful at Wisconsin. By the way, like has only one losing season, and the rest are like fabulous winning seasons. Uh, but they fired him. And his buyout was nineteen million dollars, but the uh, like school president was like, "We are not going to be paying that full amount." And then, the, like they announced the next day, like we negotiated it down to eleven million dollars in one lump sum. <laughs> <laughs> That's still eleven million dollars. <laughs> it's just so much money. And I like, guess, like, like the reason the coach might have taken it is if he takes a like if it was being paid out. Yeah, uh, if he took another job, he, they might be able to stop paying or or pay right. A so, amount, he, so he has to he, take a, a lower amount as a lump sum. But yeah. but it's eleven million dollars. Is I just like, love the school president. Like, don't worry, academic side of the institution. We're not going to be paying nineteen million dollars to one man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> then the next day, eleven million dollars. Thank you very much for our negotiating skills. Yeah, and and, and meanwhile, you know, the typical like tenured professor, or or, is, or the entire like adjunct <laughs> yeah. system that is is keeping the school afloat as I'm, far as the students are concerned. Yeah, it's, it's like meanwhile, like I don't know how many professors it would take to get 11 million dollars for the year or or start like paying adjuncts anything close to a living wage (laughs) for for the work they do that's vital to the ongoing health of the the academic system on campus okay so if we say we'll say that a professor's making a hundred thousand dollars which is a tidy sum of money it is Mm -hmm. enough money for a person to be making comfortable for for an entire year right Mm -hmm. um it would take 10 of them to get to a million dollars. So that means it would be 100 professors <laughs> for the year yeah. for that $11 million mm-hmm. plus their yeah. benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, what a weird. Okay. What are we talking about? Uh, yes. Uh, rich, rich men are often the villains of classic <laughs> Scooby-Doo cartoons <laughs> um, is, is one takeaway. Um, 
I, I think there is, um, like I said, there's value in teaching kids that they're, what they're scared of may have a logical explanation, but also the idea um, of like that fear and kind of the safe space uh, that Scooby-Doo is a safe way to be scared uh, of something to face a monster. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, after you've seen a couple episodes, yes, you might still be creeped out by the monster for a scene or two because there are some fantastic monster designs in these 1960s and 70s uh, mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo a cartoon, some real classics that definitely hold up. Um, but you you know that it's safe uh in the end the you know the gang's gonna be all be fine and a reveal will explain uh what was really going on uh so i I think there is that that's one reason for the enduring success of scooby-doo when so many other hanna-barbera productions from the time um haven't lasted i was reminded of a question i have about the creeper yeah at the beginning the bank security guard stops because there is a massive tree trunk dropped Mm -hmm. across the road yeah by one man Right. The, so the creeper put that there. <laughs> mm, yeah, that is what we are led to believe. And and then cleared it away, I guess. Right. It, it was cleared <laughs> because, away at some point. Well, yeah, because the mystery machine passes through. So it, it must have. Um, uh, what? And there was a second car that had the negatives. Right. That's not the same car. Yeah, I so, think that is the bank owner's car. Like he grabbed the negatives from the guard and tore, tore them, them up, up in his own car. But then just stashed Miss- his car yeah well no because he he had to drive to the barn to try and find the one missing negative because oh, okay. there's one more negative that the guard had held on to or, or revealed by, un- by undeveloped positive right yes um and at one point he's just sitting in the mystery machine <laughs> they walk up to the mystery machine open the door and he's in there yeah uh-huh um it's glorious the- <laughs> this is great Every, I'm, I'm not hearing any critiques <laughs> that prospector like serves them some soup the, the hermit prospector yeah he's there's just a guy in a cave mm-hmm. with a with a, a bridge that is furled and unfurled yeah yeah and this is normal stuff andrew i don't know why he was in here it's because you have to have a red herring okay so this gives me to something i want to do your like platonic ideal of a scooby-doo episode or a Scooby-Doo story, because I think okay. all Scooby-Doo stories should have this, including live action films, uh, should have certain elements to them. And when they deviate too much from this, it starts to feel like not Scooby-Doo. Okay. What for you do you think has to be present in a Scooby-Doo story? All right. We have uh, 50 years of precedent that we're working from, mm-hmm. including the ones that are examples of like, well, that one broke the precedent. That's why I don't like it as much. <laughs> so... The run sequence is is a must, right? You've got to have a, sequence. a, a have chase of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, Set to music, preferably a song with lyrics uh, that are going on. It's, it's way more fun. Yeah, it's way more fun as a song with lyrics. Because I think the uh, the night of fright is no delight had the chase sequence, but it was not lyrical music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's preferable if that ends up with a form of back and forth through doors. Mm-hmm. Um you know, down a hallway and you have the different groupings and like, Oh, well the creepers chasing them and they're chasing the creeper and somebody's holding a chicken and you know, it gets pretty wild. Um, so I'd say that kind of chase sequence. I, I I like check off on that for me. Yes. I I really like Fred failing to build a trap. Okay. Fred makes a complex trap that does not work is on my list, (laughs) but ultimately it still results in, Kind of everyone getting tangled up, but that tangles up the bad guy. Yes, the bad guy is caught mostly accidentally because of everything that Fred has put into motion. I, Nothing is working in the Rube Goldbergian scheme that he had that mm-hmm. A will lead to B to C to D. But we do end up with a giant bundle of humanity mm-hmm. bound up, including I, the monster. I really appreciated um, in the Night of Fright the fan to blow them into a washing machine mm-hmm. on <laughs> which ultimately turned a, into a flying washing machine. Yes. But, but it's because they soaked up the ground with dish, uh, with laundry detergent, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so it was going to slide them, but then Scooby hits it in reverse and it sucks the washing machine mm-hmm. across the room towards him. Yes. Um, so that was a really good, that's a, a, a great example of the trap. And mm-hmm. so I was waiting for the trap with the creeper and I was a little disappointed that it just ended up, they all fell into the hay baler second chase scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they all fall into the hay baler, um, which was not an intentional trap. Right. And would have killed them. Like they would be. Oh yeah. That's uh, (laughs) hay balers are not a safe equipment. 
no, no, it, it, like we did need like the Punky Brewster uh, don't play in fridges after this episode of Scooby Doo. Don't play with hay balers to capture the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you will die. Um. So the the chase, the trap, the red herring. Yes, I said um, I would prefer a half dozen, but any red herring will do. So we get one hermit red herring in mm-hmm. Jeepers of the Creeper. We get all the cousins red herrings. Uh, right. In, Just in, by having creepy names, basically. Yep. And and uh, creepy uh, appearances. You know, the, the animators just dro- wanted you to suspect them mm-hmm. in uh, in a pup named Scooby-Doo. There was the actual character Red Herring. Mm-hmm. And Fred was always like, it, it was Red Herring. And Red Herring would always pop up and tell him to stop blaming him for everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do I really okay. want? Oh, um, a Scooby and Shaggy need to eat. Um, will you yes! do it for a Scooby snack? I, I put Scooby and Shaggy eating some unholy amount of food or combination of foods. Mm-hmm. Particularly like a giant sandwich, like a Dagwood yeah. sandwich. Yes. Um, and, and will you do it for a Scooby snack? Yes, Scooby Snacks, which I don't think we have in either of these, but it, Wait, it's No, we there have it now. in both. What? There's one in each. Oh, really? I Somehow I completely, like, I, um, I, I didn't put it in my summary, and I kind of forgot about it. I oh, think I remember where it is in the, yeah. In in the uh, Night of Fright, they carry Scooby out of a room, but then they knock him out on the doorframe, mm-hmm. and then Shaggy wakes him up with a Scooby Snack, right, I right, think. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they offer him one to walk across the bridge to, to the... unfurl it so they can get to the to the hermit yeah in the cave we do it for a scooby snack yes i have scooby snacks on my list um i'd say it's usually shaggy or velma that does the scooby snack oh velma's glasses yes i have okay i can't I see without my glasses i don't have the glasses specifically i had something for velma but it wasn't that i had down velma figures it out but does not tell anyone <laughs> but i also i think velma glasses are important too but yes there's the moment where it's like this all makes sense and then they go set a trap and then she doesn't say anything to anyone about what is actually mm-hmm. going on. Right. She won't explain it until the reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Poirot style. Oh, yeah. Well, and I have the parlor scene reveal at the end where the mask is removed mm-hmm. uh, and everything gets explained. So the cops, the cops are usually there at that point. Right. So pretty good response time from the police in this town. Well, many towns, you know, they get around. <laughs> they travel around. Well, yeah. One, one assumes um, yes. it should start with them driving somewhere in the mystery machine. Right. And a night of fright is no delight does stand out because there is no mystery machine. I think it's the only episode from the original uh, Scooby-Doo where you that has mm-hmm. no mystery machine. I think I saw that trivia noted as I was looking stuff up. Does the because mystery they just start? They just start out rowing to the island. Does the mystery machine seat five up front? Uh, no, I think it's typically shown to be three and then Scooby and Shaggy in the back uh, okay. or two and Scooby Shaggy it, and Velma in, in the back. The empty back. Yes. Uh, what? Okay. Why does the mystery? Why does the mystery machine? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Why okay, is well, there a big empty hippie van? Well, it's a hippie van. Oh <laughs> um, well, yeah. I don't know what Scooby and Shaggy are getting up in the back of it, but there is some coding for Scooby and Shaggy always having the munchies and enjoying weird yes. food combinations, wearing uh, bell-bottom pants, uh, having being called Shaggy, having that haircut and that scruff. Mm-hmm. There's some coding for well, what Scooby and Shaggy might be into in the back. I the was going band. to ask a little bit. It's like, is a Scooby snack an edible? Mm, I've never heard it. Uh, that theory posited, but I, I could see it um, in this in the James Gunn penned live action Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, Shaggy does have a love, love interest named Mary Jane, mm-hmm. um, which was an unsubtle acknowledgement of this <laughs> fan theory. Like, this is what's going on here. <laughs> yes, but it's Freddy's van. Yes. I don't uh, know why I always feel comfortable calling him Freddy. I, he gets called Freddy quite a bit. I know, so. but it's like, I guess he's he's Fred, but I always think of him as Freddy. Yeah, yeah. He, he like, does Daphne always call him Freddy? I, I think Daphne does. I think Shaggy does, too, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in, like, in, in gratitude, like Freddy's done something to to save the day or, or right. he's been brave. Like, thanks, Freddy. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh, I I guess I didn't put this in for you. Do you know Scooby Doo's real name? Uh, Scoobert. Yes, I I imagine there's someone listening who was waiting for us to mention that. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up now. For do, that, do you have um, Shaggy's real name? Uh, Norval. Right. Yes. Right. Nor Norval Rogers. Yes. Rogers is his last name. Independently so wealthy. It's Daffy well family Blake. family wealth 
Fred Rogers, right? Daphne Blake. It's Bella. not Fred Rogers. No, that's, oh, a, that's a different. <laughs> I just had interference. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's it's Fred. Okay, let's see. It's Velma Dinkley, Daphne Blake, Norval Rogers. Oh, what is Fred's last name? It's definitely not Fred. Fred Rogers. It's uh, no, it's not. Um, oh, uh, they're from Coolsville. That is that is correct. Why do I think it's in Massachusetts all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, Fred Jones. There it is. Fred Jones. Sorry, I had to look that one up. Uh, and and yeah, Scoop Scoobert do. Mm-hmm. And cool. This show is so weird, and I love that it's been running for like like <laughs> the, as a franchise. It's just still going. It mm-hmm. never should end. There should always be more Scooby Doo uh, coming our way. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like essential to a Scooby story. Um, I, I prefer oh, uh, I mean, a red I, herring who is ultimately heroic and helpful, mm-hmm. which I think we get that a lot in the what's new Scooby-Doo. If I remember from my daughter watching that mm-hmm. whole series. And I think the I um, re- the movies were heavy on that because they they would spend more time on the red herring. Yeah. And I, I mean, well, I don't think we've said it because it's such an implicit or well, explicit, but now implicit part of a Scooby-Doo story is that there is the supernatural threat that turns out to be a natural threat. Yes. Um, and which when like they did the, the straight to DVD movies, like the first one was Scooby-Doo on zombie Island and they had real zombies. And I remember that just bugging me. Like these, these should not be real zombies. Like there's, there's real ghosts and stuff. Yeah, no, that that's not what I'm coming to Scooby-Doo for. <laughs> you have uh, violated the contract. Real cat monster people. <laughs> um, the, I don't know if the line was said in these two episodes. Um, I would have gotten away with it. I don't believe it was. But yeah, that's a classic, like at this point, parody like, by everything. Like, I would, based on the way people talk about it, I was like, I kind of expected that it was like actually said at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would have, I would have gotten it, gotten away with it too, if it weren't for those meddling kids, meddling kids. And yeah, neither of these said it, which feels kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, which but makes also, me wonder, like, how prevalent was it? I'm wondering if it's it's like becomes like the parody has made it more famous than it actually what like like the premise was there in every episode, but the actual line wasn't that often. But then it, it's present in all the SNL parodies and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everything that does it. Uh, and so it feels more core to the original text than it is. Mm-hmm. Um um, and usually there's some sort of button at the end of the episode, just a comedic hit after the the reveal. So we have okay, like, yeah, Scooby I, eating the bone and then there's like the, the chickens. The chickens. And there is a laugh track in these old cartoon episodes, which feels so out of place for a cartoon to have. It also felt like kind of light on the laugh track. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, well, if you're going to have a laugh track, you should probably be, you know, pushing that pedal a little more often. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, the effort with Hanna-Barbera – I think coming out of the more sci-fi uh, stuff that had been called too violent, they wanted to present the this new wave of Hanna-Barbera cartoons as sitcoms, which, I mean, they already had. Like, Flintstones was a straight-up cartoon sitcom, so was Jetsons. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're leaning back into that with Scooby-Doo, and that's why we get the laugh track in this one. Um, it just, for modern audience, like, it does feel out of place. Like, even my kids were asking, like, why is the laughter? Because <laughs> um, it's just not part of current children's entertainment to do that. Right. All right, Andrew, do you have any final thoughts on Scooby-Doo? It, it it was enjoyable. I don't know how often I would want to like sit down and watch it again. I will say my, my oldest child got it, had a big Scooby-Doo phase where she watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. Uh, my other kids have like watched some Scooby-Doo and will watch like some of the Scooby-Doo Christmas stuff around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've never like, asked to watch scooby-doo whereas like my my daughter had a phase where she if she was getting screen time she wanted to watch scooby-doo and it was delightful i loved it (laughs) it was some of the best children's entertainment that i've been able to like sit and watch with my kids because there's some children's entertainment that's not like the most engaging uh i really enjoyed enjoyed my daughter's uh scooby-doo phase now i'm i'm thoroughly loving my kids bluey phase we need to talk about blue in this podcast oh yeah oh yeah um like that's children's entertainment i can 100 get behind uh but if you can like you know how uh, you can you cannot define your children's taste. They will let you know what they like and don't like, but you can guide them by exposing them to certain things. <laughs> uh, and so if you can guide them by exposing the Scooby-Doo and they latch onto it, which again, one out of my four kids have la- la- latched onto Scooby-Doo when they were when they were younger. Um, it, it was it was great. 
I, I, I highly recommend that. Um, so, and it looks like, I mean, I assumed we were going to be having a Scooby-Doo Christmas special coming out this year, but now we're not. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, cancellation of a Scooby-Doo project from the new head of Warner Brothers, uh, Time Warner Discovery, HBO, whatever it's called. Um, uh, Discovery Warner? I think so. But I, I even with that cancellation, I can't imagine there won't be more Scooby-Doo coming out in the next few years. Um, oh, I saw, uh, I think on the, there's a, a new announced TV series, uh, that's going to be coming. Um, Scooby-Doo and the mystery pups, um, is going to be a CGI animated preschool series. That's what everyone really loved about the Scooby-Doo franchise was was. when there were younger associates. Yes. Famously everyone's favorite. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, listeners, thank you for uh, what was one of our odder episodes that I think we've ever done lately, at least <laughs> our, our least focused episodes of late. Uh, that's going to wrap this episode up. Thank you for joining us for show notes and links to all the other great dueling genre shows. You can go to duelinggenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protectors podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Scott Tofty who composed our theme music. Uh, Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. remember not knowing about Scooby-Doo. I'm going to stop playing with these wooden blocks and read that again. Okay.